And welcome to Tales for Wales, the pod that never fails to remind you that Wales shall be free from the river to the sea. Go on, Suella Brave, make the recipe for that, you fucking welt. You absolute welt. <laughs> That's right, we've gone political, we're doing it. <laughs> we've gone political, mate. Go on, fuck you, you little Suella. It's so funny that Suella is like the cruelest woman, and it's so close to Cruella. Uh, yeah, I mean, Suella just... Deville. Yeah, yeah, cru- yeah. I, I didn't know else that mentioned that because that's only just come into my head now, and I feel like that's that's surely all over. Like, <laughs> no, mate, you're, you're you. the first person who's ever <laughs> yeah. ever Pick thought up of that connection. Yeah, <laughs> Pick up boy, Suella Deville. Yeah, well, uh, uh, this is episode Baron two. Baron XL Bullies, what's next? Uh, skinny Dalmatian, Sweller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know your fucking agenda. She comes in with a whole <laughs> fucking coat made of XL Bullies next week. I don't know what's been up. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I wish she uh, spoke and acted like Cruella Deville from the cartoons as well. Listen, yeah. darling, listen, darling, I just can't be doing with it. <laughs> yeah, with that mad cigarette, like the cigarillo. <laughs> huge cigarillo, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be class. Yeah, that was a really scary show. Feel like wasn't it when we were younger? Yeah, you know when she's in the there's that scene you see uh, like sort of on clips a lot where she's in the car and she's gone fucking like bloodlusted oh, yeah. after these bloody <laughs> um, these Dalmatians. She's driving like insane. Toad of Toad Hall with her little gloves on. She's <laughs> gone wild. Yeah. Did you see the remake of that with uh, yeah Emma with. Stone? Yeah, it did. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the worst film in the world, but no, it, it wasn't did, the worst. It is yeah. following that trend of like turning the villains into like, oh no, they're actually really understandable, lovely guys, yeah. and it's like, no, keep them baddies. Uh, like, I want to. I, know I, them I saw it in the cinema with um, Emma, my Emma, and um, mm. it was like fucking two and a half, three hours long. It was so long. long. Yeah, I was like, fuck it. I know, I get it. She's a baddie. She's Cruella Deville. Mm. She's got cruel <laughs> yeah. in her name. She if she doesn't migrants. scare you, no evil thing will. I get it, yeah. yeah. She, she, she's going to send migrants to some barge in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> we, we, we got her yeah. number. Um, uh, I was going to say, uh, this is episode, part two, well, a second episode. They're always a bit looser, aren't they? But the last episode mm. was quite quick. I actually didn't get through much of my drink. I'm still kind of on can uh, pint number four. And I was on pint four oh, last episode. Mate, I'm on um, passion fruit cactus jacks, bargain bin cactus jacks, number two. Well, and uh, um, you know what? It tastes a bit like uh, I don't know. It tastes a bit like toffee, but like I don't know, like smelly toffee. It's not very nice. Shoffy, <laughs> <laughs> shit toffee. Mm. Um, it doesn't taste like fucking passion fruit. I can tell you that much. It's because I was doing the episode. You don't get to drink as much, do you? Um, mm. When you're doing when you're doing the old uh, prigetti and when you're doing the old preaching. This is where. It, um, goes back though and it? it comes in waves so like you didn't get to drink that much last time because you're talking now I'll be doing the talking you get yeah, to fucking glug, glug, glugging glug, um, glug, glugging on the side as we were just talking about a movie then the uh, the Suella, Cruella de Vil it came <laughs> into my mind earlier and I was going to text the boys but I thought I'll message you first or I'll tell you about it first on the pod um, mm. do you remember when <laughs> we, we from about 13 to 16 were the fittest we'd ever been in our lives because every single lunchtime we'd play bulldogs and mm. we'd play it like hard and aggressive and we'd have our lunch within yeah. like 10 minutes and then the next 50 minutes of break uh, of lunchtime we'd play playing bulldogs which if you don't know what bulldogs is there's one per you have two ends of a field um and most of you line up on one side and you have one guy in the middle the bulldog the uh mm. the titular bulldog um, the proverbial the... XL bully, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so they got the XL bully in the middle, and then you got everyone else on one side. They've got to run across the field and get to the other side of the field without being taken to the ground and pinned to the floor. Uh, if you get pinned to the floor, you then join the XL bullies in the middle. And uh, yeah. we used to play that so much. And we, it was like playing, it's essentially rugby without the rugby ball. And then people used mm. to like us playing it. So they'd more and more people would join. It would get more and more popular. Um, used to get rough. And more and yeah. more violent. Yeah, hit. really rough. A couple of, a couple of shirts, broken. Yeah, you'd mm. get like bashed around, punched. You know, it would be quite, 
it would be much more aggressive than it ever started off. It was really fun. We fucking loved it, didn't we? Mm. Um, but when we were about 14, maybe 15, at the height of the nerdiness of us, we mm. went to uh, the biggest nerd in our group. Who we, we, sadly, we're no longer friends with this little boffin because uh, I really want to ask him about it. But he, we went to our mate's house who was like way cleverer than all of us dumb idiots and um he made we, we filmed bulldogs oh, the movie do you remember you just made me fucking almost implode with cringe i forgot that, i uh, completely remem- forgot the fucking scenes on that my god <laughs> yeah. so we're we maybe 40 i i really just think we need to for therapy but we were about 40 <laughs> so like we we were loving it so much that we went to his house and he like is mum had like a house with like a rent like a quite a big garden, didn't he? So we could actually play bulldogs in his yeah. garden. But we talked about it for ages that we we're gonna film Bulldogs the movie, <laughs> and it was all shot oh, in sorry. black and white. Just to interrupt you, that his mum was fucking away with the Tulloch take. She was she, away with the fucking fairies. Yeah, sorry, she, if you're listening, we'll probably bleep your name out. So I mean, you probably know yeah. who you are if you're listening. But <laughs> yeah. there we are. His mum was wild. She was. Bit yeah. fucking loose, wasn't she? And she, uh, yeah. yeah, anyway, so we're in his back garden and uh, we all lined up and he filmed all of our faces <laughs> in black and white and every one of us had a separate scene. And he'd be like, so we'd run through the Bulldogs, do it in slow motion. Someone did like a cross, I make sure, did a cross, like a crucifix to like say, may God have, or may God have mercy upon my soul. Oh, did, like, that a was a, yeah, he, yeah. He, he did, yeah, he did the cross and kissed and kiss to the sky, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we filmed it and, uh, and it went on YouTube, like he uploaded it to, to YouTube. And I was thinking, God. if anyone else found that video, we would have been battered at school it would have been the most fucking i'm so surprised we got away with putting that filming it doing a proper like a whole day's worth of different scenes running through slow motion over the top music uh Mm. all shot in black and white and then god yeah had a backing track and i can't remember what it was but it was like an upbeat thing yeah those those fucking face to camera ones you know like how when a big boxing match is coming up and you, yeah. you'll see like Anthony Joshua or Fury look on the camera like Ooh. and it's like dedication, <laughs> strength, passion, you know what I mean? Like it was like one of Virgins, those things. Virgins, losers. Just, yeah, <laughs> Virgins, losers, now going to sniff a girl. Yeah. <laughs> it was un- but um, I was trying to find it but there's no chance in hell we'll ever Why? find it. Why would you go looking them? for that fucking, <laughs> that sort of punishment for yourself? It's no need. Oh, it was unreal, but they, yeah, that came into my mind. I thought, oh, I wonder if you remember that. <sighs> the memories are coming flooding back to me now, and I didn't yeah. need it. But that, that was when we were a bit younger. But then we we carried on playing bulldogs for like two years until it got too rough. It was like fucking. It was like two big boys then, weren't we? Yeah, we got too big, didn't we? we were fucking huge. I broke my toe on that. You broke your toe uh, playing it. Yeah, broke my toe. <laughs> didn't uh, was it Ellis who broke something on there? Yeah, something up. I can't Some, remember. There's a few injuries, in there. Yeah, I bashed my nose, but my nose has always been broken. Mm. I've been punching it fucking too many times. So it's it's oh. absolute wonkathon now. <laughs> it's a yeah. price for admission when you're a hard boy, isn't it? When you're fucking rough as bright houses, you get fucking. <laughs> you you'll get a few. Also, my nose is quite big, so it's the first thing that gets punched when you get fucking <laughs> into a bit of a barn. Eh? Um, yeah, that was my just my, my little reminder of how, how cool oh, we were in our youth. I'm yeah, thinking about that. I'm going to lie in bed later thinking about that. Going, <laughs> yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I remember the intro was like, ah, ah. It was like intense music like that. I think um, it was like a gorillas song, you know. Some of the time gorillas. Yeah. That was into gorillas at the time. And yeah. he used to claim that he was like the first one to have a year or something like that. Well, I remember that. His, yeah. his, un- his uncle or something used to work on the trains. He was a train conductor. And yeah. he said that he used to find people's like leftover MP3 players. This was before yeah. the days of like iPods. And he said then he used to listen to the music. So he used to listen to new music all the time and then tell Tim about it. And I was thinking, what a long winded way to say your fucking uncle's <laughs> yeah. a fucking virgin, man. <laughs> did, did, didn't his brother steal from your wallet when you went over there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went over there and I, I forgot my wallet over there and it had a tenner in it. Uh, and, and that for us is quite like decent. That was a lot of money like, at the time. Yeah. And then um, this is what I was on about with <laughs> mum's being away with the fairies. She rang my mum then and said, "Oh look, we found Jack's wallet, um, and David, who was the brother, uh, has admitted that he stole a tenner uh, out of it to buy drugs." And she said, "Now, would you like the tenner back, or would you prefer a ten-pound Waterstones gift voucher?" And I was like. Even me, when at that age, I was like, when my mum told me about, it, I was like, "What? What do you think the answer to that would be?" 
oh, please give me the Waterstones <laughs> voucher. You, if I wanted to go to Waterstones and buy a book, I could have just taken my tenner, yeah. my legal tender there. But also, so why mention that you've been... Like, you could have just put a tenner in the fucking dick. thing and given yeah. it back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Fucking so madness. Um, and also what he used to do, he used to order pizzas, uh, but with no toppings. And by that I mean no sauce, no cheese, no nothing. We're talking and about uh, to... our friend, yeah. no, not the friend brother, by the way. No, the, the he was friend, on well, he was on drugs, friend. but he wasn't insane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, he, so his mum would just call up and be like, "Hi, like uh, hot for you pizza? Uh, can I get a pepperoni uh, meat feast? And then can I get a pizza with nothing on it?" And then she had to say, "Like I know what you mean. I know what you think I mean when I say nothing <laughs> yeah. on it, but I mean nothing. Just the dough. Do, can I have hot? You do the dough? one side of the thing, wouldn't you? Going like with nothing on it, please." No, yeah. not margarita. I don't mean a margarita. No cheese, no sauce. Yes, I'm yeah. serious. You know, <laughs> that was weird, man. Just, um, just bake dough. We, do you remember when we stayed over his house? We used to. Um, <laughs> we, he he came into the like I think we were only one room, and he was like really clever. And uh, he mm. used to make his own like controllers for games and stuff, but uh, he was also really annoying. So when we were all camping <laughs> yeah. on his floor, we threw his pillow out the window. So when he went down to pick up his pillow, then we, <laughs> we threw his sleeping bag oh, out the window. God, yeah. And it was like a revolving thing. And then to, so I wouldn't get in trouble, I threw my own pillow out the window in case he told <laughs> on me. Done this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were in, Do you remember we used yeah. to do that thing as well, where, because we'd all be on the floor and it was like hardwood floors, we'd be on like sleeping bags and like sort of I don't know a thin duvet underneath us with something else on top and then uh, basically when someone would move their head slightly you'd yank their pill- pillow out from oh, under them yeah. so they when they put their head Bash. back down they smack it on the, on the hardwood floor it so much <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why we're backwards boys just now nasty yeah that's, um, yeah that's why we are we are the way we are uh, do we have anything to read out for this week's episode I've got another if you listen to the last time, very another short and sweet one. Um, this was a comment on the Tiger Bay episode, and this was by by Brendan Small Batera. He's commented on us a few times actually. He's a yeah. he's an avid commenter. He's a good lad. Oh, mate. And he he commented on the Tiger Bay episode, and he just said, "Let's go!" <laughs> with three exclamation marks. <laughs> what an absolute legend! So, Cheers, where are Brendan. these comments? Are these? Is this on our YouTube? So no, these ones were from um, Spotify. So on oh. Spotify, it's an automatic thing. By the way, we're not being triad. It comes. Um, it's not published. I don't think. I don't think it's public. But if you're if you're listening to the episode, it comes up with a, what do you think of this episode? It's just oh. an automatic feature. We're not being like, please love me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a few people have commented. I've seen on that before. It's just like, tell me what you think, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's very yeah. like uh, yeah. Tell me what you think of this episode. It's very yeah. What do you think of this episode? So that's yeah. not us doing it, but we do appreciate your responses. Yeah, why so are you cheers. so defensive? <laughs> why, like, why are you trying to distance us? I just I don't know because when I saw it, I was like, oh my god, everyone's gonna think we're going. Oh please, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? And it's like, <laughs> oh, do you like this episode? You, you want don't me to delete about it. All this shit. Yeah, I hate everything. <laughs> it was a joke episode anyway. We'll delete it right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Well, talking of, <laughs> hang on, yeah, try and uh, do this one. Go on. So, talking of things I don't quite understand, or something. Mm, hang on. <laughs> so, we'll talking of people reaching out to us in ways we didn't realise they could. Uh, this week's episode is about how Wales reached out to South America in a ways that most people don't know that we did. Nice. That actually recovered that very nicely yeah. at the end. Yeah. No, that's sounded, very good. I think it sounded more poetic than it was. <laughs> you had a couple of misfires at the start, but you got there. You got there. Keep in the them end. in. We got to show how real we yeah, are. Of course, yeah. We're we're always been real, mate. We're genuine. So yeah, this one, uh this episode, I'm gonna be talking about uh Uladva. So uh Uladva or the colony in English, occasionally called uh Gmraig, or in English the Welsh settlement are both names for a collection of settlements made by Welsh immigrants in Patagonia. Uh, They date back to 1865, and they're focused along the coast of what's called the Lower Chubut Valley. Uh, That today falls under what's called the Chubut province as well. So I know they add the the butt from Wales. You know, Wales, we call each other butt or butty. (laughs) Yeah, it was just the Chew province before we came over. Chubutty or something, Chubut. You like butt? Yeah. Not bad, (laughs) Chubutty. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and so, if you, yeah, I, I know I'm throwing a lot of things. I, I don't know if anyone is uh, geography inclined here. I, I'm certainly not. But <laughs> the um, <laughs> if you look at a map, Patagonia is sort of like the southern half of Argentina. Um, and then Patagonia is split into five provinces. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of these. This like Naquen, Rio Negro, Chubut, Santa Cruz, and Tierra del Fuego. Chubut is just above the middle of the country, essentially. So, yeah, if you if you care to look, you know, look it up on a map and you'll, you'll see where it is. So, del Fuego, why do I know that name? Uh, you probably know it because when we went to Spain with school, we went on a, a ride called Temple del Fuego. <laughs> <laughs> I think That's I know it. it, it must That's be certainly how I know it. <laughs> you got to that so quickly. <laughs> That's what. That's exactly the little nodes in my brain lit up. <laughs> it's like, yeah, let's uh, go for it. There's a deli called Deli Fuego. Uh, Fuego must mean something that I know. It's Temple del Fuego, mate. You you must understand <laughs> okay. this. Okay. <laughs> right. Sorry. Back to you. Tell me I'm Fuego. Lying, doesn't mate. it mean fire? I think. I don't know. Does it? Fuego. Temple of Fire. That would make sense. Yeah, Fuego is Spanish. There's a lot of fire, fire in the ride, so yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> is that the one that used to sing Enter Sandman on repeat? Uh, no, it's the one where there was like an Indiana Jones type like guy who uh, went through it, fuego. but he was speaking Spanish, and we and everyone was like laughing. Oh, at points, like, fuego. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry for interrupting. No worries. So you're forgiven. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, so anyway, right, I'll get back on track. Where was I? So way Del back fuego. in the uh, yeah after Del Fuego. So yeah, look on the map if you want to know where it is. But basically, back in the 1800s, um, Wales's language and culture was under pretty harsh attack from the English, with things like the Welsh knot being enforced on the country. Uh, for those who don't know what the Welsh knot was, um, it was a measure the English implemented in Wales, uh, well, Welsh schools um, specifically. Uh, and basically, if a child was caught speaking Welsh, they'd have to hang this piece of wood around their necks. Uh, it had the initials WN on it for the Welsh knot. The knot would pass to the next person to be caught speaking Welsh and so on and so forth. And then whoever had the knot hanging around their neck at the end of the day would be caned. So it was a way of like systematically um, punishing people for speaking the language of Welsh. It's truly it's, awful. Yeah. And it's worth bearing in mind at this point in time, 90% of the people in Wales spoke Welsh. I know you're probably thinking, oh, well, not that many people speak Welsh in, uh, in Wales, you know, but that's today. Back well, then, and that's a reason people... why we don't. It's a reason. Exactly. It's this institutionalised. Precisely. Down of a, of a language. Yeah. So back then, 90% of people spoke Welsh in Wales as a first language as well. So a lot of kids would be would struggle with English because it wasn't their first language and stuff. So if they were caught talking with their friends in Welsh or you know whoever, yeah, they'd be, have this Welsh knot and then they get caned at the end of the day if they still had it around the neck. So yeah, Welsh people were a bit pissed off with this. Um, the English crusade against Welsh culture drove a lot of people at the time to move to America including a guy named Michael D. Jones. He was a big Welsh nationalist, originally from Bala in North Wales. And while he was living in Ohio, he observed that his fellow Welsh immigrants that had moved to the States, they very quickly assimilated, which is a good thing, of course, but at the cost of losing a lot of what uh, he thought was their Welsh identity uh, and sort of trading it in for what was an already established American one. So he became obsessed with the idea of creating a place where the Welsh could be Welsh, free from English oppression, but also where they could continue their own culture and they didn't have to sort of um, share it with an already established sort of group of people. He considered a few places, uh, including Australia, New Zealand, and even Palestine at one point. Um, but oh, decided that's to so convenient. Yeah. I started this episode off with a controversial ditty. You did, yeah. I was thinking when you said it, I was like, ooh, that's going to come up later. A little sense of real. Um but yeah, anyway, he decided to take a punt on Patagonia, basically because the Argentinian government at the time, um, they offered him 100 square miles of land along the Chubut River. The only payment they would ask for this is that he built a lasting settlement in what was at the time unconquered land. So I didn't get too much into this, but apparently at the time, Argentina, Chile and Buenos Aires, they all had claims to this part of the land, like Patagonian land. But it was as yet undeveloped by any of those parties so and, i think and to be clear this isn't like when we colonize well when europeans colonized uh america from native americans these are like well-established places by now and there wasn't really anyone living there was there is that right well well oh is it not, not oh, okay innocent. no it's not holy innocent. oh right oh, oh, let me go, hang on. 
I'm just have a quick piss. Let me let me come back in a second. Yeah, go for it. I'll do the so. same actually. Yeah. Oh, I always thought that. Um, from what I've read about this, I always thought that they were kind of missold this piece of land, um, but there was no one there, and it were it wasn't like they were colonials in the sense of they had an army and they invaded and they took over. Um, but am I wrong? It with certainly that? wasn't like army invading so it wasn't as yeah. sort of egregious as um like you know the americans with uh, yeah the, the native americans. rather the americans sorry the europeans with the native americans yeah. um but yeah i'll get more into that in a little bit but basically at this stage argentina chile and buenos aires they all thought they had a bit of a claim on this bit of patagonia it, it's buenos aires in uh, argentina uh, now, yeah, oh. I think it was again. I haven't looked too deep into this. Yeah. I think it was its own like kind of, I yeah. don't know what you call it, like city Col- states something yeah. like that. I'm not sure, colony, whatever. Yeah. Um, but they all thought they had a claim on this little bit of land, but no party had like developed any settlements or anything like that. So it was kind of still up in the air. I, like I said, I didn't get into much. I, I clicked on the link. There was a fucking load to read, and I was like, look, I yeah. Ain't well, that's not. We're not on about that history, are we? We're on about exactly. history. So anyway. What happened was the Argentinian government and Michael Jones, they did a little deal and Argentina put him in charge of the land, uh, the large tract of land. Jones got to work and he created a little handbook to publicise the future settlement called Thaulavero Ladva, or the Colony Handbook in English, and he distributed it throughout Wales to gather interests, or to gather colonists to go over with it. By the end of 1862... A ship was chartered and was led by a Captain Love Jones Parry, which is a great name. Captain Love. You got problems? I just looked at Captain Love. I love that. Uh, so Captain Love went over with uh, a, another lovely Welsh lad named Lewis Jones. The two stopped off in Buenos Aires before sailing further south to Patagonia on another ship called the Candelaria. They ran into a storm along the coast and were forced into a bay that they then decided to name Port Madryn. No way. After Lewis Jones's estate back home in Wales. Uh, they did like a very brief survey there, um, a couple of little tests and whatever, and they determined that the area was suitable to colonise. So following this, um, after doing these checks and everything, um, on July 28, 1865, 153 Welsh settlers journeyed two months and four days to Patagonia on a ship called the Mimosa, which I love as well. Ledge. How did you arrive here, Bat? I was on the Mimosa, darling, don't worry. <laughs> if, you'd, if you haven't been to Cardiff for like a bottomless brunch on a Sunday or Saturday and seen the absolute women on a Mimosas, <laughs> they, they yeah. could invade anywhere and they'd win. Fucking yeah, girls from the valleys on the mimosas are unbeatable. Also, how good are mimosas? They're great, mate. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll drink. I'll drink a prosecco, a champagne. But Fuck tr- prosecco. Drink a bit of orange in that, man. Uh, Christmas, mate, bucks fizz. I'm all about that. Do you know what we're having at our wedding when people could arrive? Uh, we're having Asti. Um, it's like uh, it's like you know, like martinis. You know, the company Martini. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we're having like this, like it's like a, a peach Asti. Which is like, because mm. I fucking hate Prosecco. Prosecco's shit. Champagne's shit. Uh, Asti's mm. like, it's like a, a peach or pear or something. It's really sweet and it's so easy to drink and it doesn't taste like fucking Lovely fizzy. Stuff. Yeah, it's just, it's really, it's, it's uh, I always like, like um, it doesn't taste like dry, horrible grown up stuff. Yeah, it's like so I know champagne is like, a, oh, it's expensive and stuff, but it is, yeah. it's dry, it's, it's gassy, it's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But this yeah, is like, uh, it's like someone's made, you know, um, uh, what's that people who make the squash called? Um, <laughs> Robinsons? <laughs> no, um, uh, fruit barley. Do you remember fruit barley? Oh, right, yeah. Um, have you ever had like peach fruit barley? Yeah, um, yeah, I know. You yeah, it's just that, but with alcohol in it. It's fucking amazing. Lovely. Um, Sounds yeah, well so Yeah, so mimosa, fruit barley, done. Back to you. <laughs> there we <laughs> are, yeah. Now we're back. So yeah, they came over on the Mimosa, and the Mimosa carried um, cobblers, carpenters, brickmakers, and miners. It consisted of 56 married couples, 33 single lads, 12 single oh, women, yeah. and 52 children. Oh God, those children. poor women. Yeah, and the 52 children, I thought, Jesus, that's a hell of a way to drag 52 yeah, kids, isn't it? But kids, like the mortality rate for so long was so fucking bleak. Like, I was mm-hmm. looking at this the other day. Like, the medieval, uh, in, like, the 1400s in England and Wales, less so recorded in Wales, but in England, um, the average age was about 31. Um, 
But if you were to get past being 11 years old, that then shot up even higher. So, like, the amount yeah, of people... Yeah, it's who a common misconception that, that people think yeah. you um, you die at 30, don't If you? If you no. make it past childhood, you'll live, like, about 60 no or something back then. yeah. But... It's yeah. It's just that child mortality rates were so shite back then that, high, that yeah. it just brings the old average down by quite Ooh. a distance. So yeah, the that was the lot that were on the uh, the mimosa. Uh, the majority of these people were from South Wales as well, or the South Wales coal field, which stretches from quite a big, um, big bit of land down south, but is essentially sort of South Wales. Uh, once this first lot of colonists arrived, they soon realised that the Argentinian government had overpromised on the state of the land they'd been sent to a little bit. So they're telling slight porkies. They, uh, the Argentinian government, had told the Welsh that the land they'd be tasked to colonise was very similar to what lowland Wales was. Mm. But on arrival, the colonists realised the little patch of Patagonia they'd been asked to settle on turned out to be very arid and basically like desert-like. Yeah, uh, a far cry tricked. from the fertile lands of home. Yeah, absolutely yeah. tricked. It's such a Welsh um, fucking story, isn't it? We've been duped. <laughs> yeah. The first colonizers yeah. to be fucking duped. <laughs> Do you imagine going over going? Yeah. You're having a fucking laugh, and <laughs> yeah. you? Oh, you fucking what? <laughs> it's fucking like Barry Island down here. It's fucking shit. When, yeah, when's the fucking beach end then? Yeah. <laughs> marching into the desert. No, this, this is the oh fuck. It's just so Welsh, isn't it? We're the only Tail people that can colonise somewhere and be. It, we we actually improve the place because of how shit the situation is when we get there. <laughs> through, See that bit of shit desert? Will yeah yeah. Good. We'll have to make it work. So the Welsh settlers, uh, they were forced to walk across thirty miles of parched plain to the Chubbard Valley, with only a single wheelbarrow for all their belongings. <laughs> Some of the settlers, so yeah, imagine like making that, can I bring this? No, you fucking can't. Look, no. someone, someone's put the keg in there. We're taking that with us. We're going to need it. <laughs> I was just going to say, the amount of fucking, because I, I travel light, but I don't think I could, mm. I don't think I could be as light as a wheelbarrow for my it's entire like, existence. You, you might be, I might be able to put everything I want to bring in a wheelbarrow. Yeah. But when there's another like 149 people with me, they're going, can I put someone in there? Nah. I oh, it was a bit also, full. <laughs> imagine trudging a fucking wheelbarrow across sand yeah, as well. Sand, <laughs> I know. I'm yeah. like, whose go is it now? Because yeah. I've had enough. But why, this is why are they so ill prepared? Yeah, I don't, I don't. I did. I did look into like why didn't they bring like something along? But I guess you just come off a ship. Like, what was the other option? Bring like horse and carts. Like that takes up more room yeah. on the ship. And I don't know. But anyway, yeah. so they had this. So they were. <laughs> and I imagine creep, everyone had like a knapsack or something. They could bring a few stuff. With them. Oh yeah, like I imagine they'd all have a little personal Ooh. effects with them. You know, like Ooh. a carry-on Ryanair bag each, Ooh. and then the wheelbarrow is just for your extra heavy shit. Um, but yeah, they, so they had to make this trek, 30 mile trek across the plain to this Chubbuck Valley. Uh, a few of the settlers died en route, but uh, on the hell. way, the first ever Welsh Patagonian was born Aww. as they were travelling. Uh, but that makes me think, so some fucking poor girl was pregnant, going, Doing you're up this. for a 30 mile desert hike, can you? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's just like all from uh, Cumbran to Neath, it's yeah. a piece of piss. <laughs> It's just like the Welsh lowlands, is it? Yeah. Is it really? Um, also, can I ever go in the wheelbarrow? No, no. Yeah. Fucking the beers in there. Yeah. Just one giant keg, absolutely. <laughs> and they've yeah. got the thing to open it, so they're fucking yeah. stuck. Yeah, who left the fucking the key yeah. back in the fucking <laughs> can chair? open it back? <laughs> yeah. So once they reached the valley, they built a very small fortress alongside the Chubut River, uh, and it was called Adhain Amdefunva, or the old fortress. Uh, the first loads of houses they built there, very basic structures. They were made just from the earth that was, was beneath them, basically. So, like, proper, like, mud huts. But they were washed away, along with most of their crops, by a flash flood that hit them in 1865 because they were so near the river. <laughs> You'd be going, oh, fuck me, I'm not enough now. Take me back to Wales. I want to fucking go home. <laughs> you actually can't. This is home. <laughs> That one kid that's been born, yeah. like, en route. You're looking down at it going, what have I gotten you into here? Jesus Christ. But the settlers, they were very un- they're very resilient, undeterred, you know, that uh, that Welsh spirit. They they rebuilt their homes stronger. Uh, the fortress would later be known as the town of Rawson, which is actually today's capital of the Chibut province. So their hard work sort of paid off into, into modernity. 
Um, the settlers soon realised, although there was abundant drinking water from the river, the rainfall in that part of the world was far too little to grow crops well. They also were met with suspicion and sometimes violence from the indigenous people, known as the, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, but Tehautewelche, te I'm going to say. I was going to say the Tewelche people. So they're the indigenous tribes that were there. Um, so once again on the pod, we'll mention the point that when most people back then say, oh, it was an uninhabited land, what they mm. mean is it wasn't inhabited by them. <laughs> there was definitely people living yeah. in these places <laughs> before anyone came there. Yeah. Uh, these were not as like, um, from what I read, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, audience, but um, they were not as like widespread as like Native Americans. You know, it wasn't like a sort of, and it wasn't like a, a wiping out of the natives. Mm. It was just, we're moving in here now. So, you know, budge up, make some room. Which, as you can imagine, was still uh, met with a bit of ire. Uh, but anyway, um, despite some tensions um, with the native populations, the settlers in the Tehuelche, I'm going to keep saying that wrong, Tehuelche, found a way to live together, with the settlers even relying on the natives during their early food shortages by trading with them for food, and they also traded for lessons in how to hunt the local wildlife. So they well, sort of got into like a symbiotic kind of thing. When the Europeans landed in North America, that's how it first happened, like Thanksgiving and mm. stuff. Like, uh, if it wasn't for the Native Americans, they would have died instantly. Like, they had no mm. uh, food. They didn't know how to hunt there. They were really, really stuck on what to get. So um, the Native Americans gave them corn, showed them how to hunt, uh, hunt turkeys and stuff. And um, But that kind of wiped them out. They, they all caught tuberculosis from the Europeans. They got really sick yeah. from them. And then, from that kindness they gave, the Native Americans gave the Europeans, they then fucking, you know, <laughs> yeah. history not shows what happened kind, next. did they? Yeah. No, no. But let's just imagine it's quite similar. But also, I, yeah, like you said, the, the, they're not warriors going over there. They're, they're cobblers going over. So they're not there for a fight. But No, yeah. This was yeah, somewhat slightly different. Don't be wrong. There's still that notion oh, yeah, absolutely. going over to yeah. somewhere you don't belong and it's someone else's land yeah. and you're, you're just going I'm here now deal with it mm. that's always bad but um, it, it wasn't quite as well as vicious as the later sagas shall we say of yeah. the Native Americans and stuff um, and this would have been roughly the same the... not, not, not too long after the first stuff so I think pretty much the Native Americans well the Native Americans was having their battles in the 1800s um, the, the yeah, last it was, it was when the world time. was expanding everyone was yeah. sort of moving all over the place from but, the but like so I think when they discovered, well, the Westerners discovered North America in like the 1600s, and mm. then for the next 400 years or 300 years, they you know it things kind of changed hand a little bit. But um, the time when Native Americans had the worst period was during the 1800s, so it's during this time. But it doesn't yeah, seem so like while these all that, like bloodshed was going on. But the, yeah, a, a, yeah, from what I've read anyway, it wasn't nearly nearly as violent or anything. There was a couple yeah. of violent instances, instant instances. Sorry. Um, apparently, but they soon sort of realised that they could get on with each other. Yeah. So it wasn't long before the settlers had implemented uh, a basic irrigation system using the water from the River Chubut, aka the Avon Kamwe. Uh, as thanks for their help, the settlers also taught the Tehuelche how to replicate this in their own settlement. So they sort of taught them irrigation techniques and things like that so they could uh, make fertile land around where they were sort of based. These irrigated sections of land around four miles each side of a 50-mile stretch of river, so quite a, a big square mileage on this uh, this land, created Argentina's most fertile wetlands, yielding 6,000 tonnes of wheat by 1885, apparently winning a gold medal at the international expositions in Paris and Chicago. So yeah. there you go. If, if, you, if you can't run fast, you can't throw a fucking shot put or, or jump high or something, go get a gold medal in growing wheat or something. You've got no fucking excuse. I don't know what the, those things are, by the way, the uh, international expositions. <laughs> I, in my mind, yeah. you just turn up and go, look at my corn. Look how good my corn is. And they go, yeah, that's a good also, corn, mate. Yeah, international corn, mate. in the 1800s. It, like you said, it took two months for them to get there from fucking Wales. So it took you yeah. so long to travel to actually <laughs> to, to review all rotten. this stuff. This is yeah. rubbish. This corn's rotten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just some guy in like Shropshire with a big cucumber left on his like fate. Going, but any minute now they'll come and give me the biggest marrow in all of the yeah. land. Yeah, hold your breath, mate. Yeah, be here in yeah. a second. <laughs> so, with the settlers' success, they'd establish another small town in 1876 called Gaiman. And while they were going strength to strength, there was the constant issue of getting supplies from Porth Madrin, today known as Puerto Madrin. 
uh, to the up-and-coming town because of how difficult the Chubbut River was to navigate on. So Lewis Jones, if you remember, was the guy who came over to Portmadrin with Captain Love. Yeah. He began to push for a railway service to be built from the port to the town so that settlers could grow their home even more. After some strife from Lewis, the Argentine Congress authorised the building of the railway in 1884. The construction was funded by investors back in the UK and was con- and construction began in 1886 with the help of an additional 465 Welsh settlers that came over on the ship called the Vesta. They'd heard how well the settlement was going, thought they could get away from the, uh, the English sort of stomping out of the language and culture mm. over there and decided to join. The town eventually grew at the head of the rail line, around nine miles east of that town, Gaiman, they, they established, uh, and they named it Trelew, meaning Lou's town in Welsh, in the man's uh, I Just as you said that, I just googled the Chibut River, and there's, a, mm. there's an image of the Chibut River flowing towards Trelew. Um, yeah. It looks fucking stunning. It looks so oh, mate, pretty. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, what a dream. This, me I want to go over there, man. I'd Imagine, so Emma, my partner's uh, sister-in-law and brother, their honeymoon was travelling in South America, and they went to Patagonia. Mm. On and they don't know; they know more about Wales now because they know me. Uh, but they're from Manchester, so <laughs> you know, have to very... force them to sit down. <laughs> yeah, force, and I now. force everyone to know more about Wales put, when they meet put a, me. Put a headphone in each and listen to our <laughs> podcast for the next six. Hours. <laughs> but <laughs> they went there on St David's Day by chance. They were in Patagonia oh, on St David's Day, and the person there was called like they stayed in this hostel called like Forest Vowed or like something very Welsh. Mm. Um, and they started speaking to the person behind the the uh, the reception, and she invited them to attend a. a it was during yeah, it was St David's Day, and to, to attend their local community hall where they had a St David's Day parade, and they had like a Welsh oh, language, Spanish language mixture of thingies. And um, they she sent me a video of them singing "Him uh, Lad Van Haday" um, in in Welsh, and you know a mixture of the, the Spanish accent. Mm. Um, and I was like. Honestly, I think it's the one thing I I have to do before I die is visit Patagonia. Yeah, same, mate. I was thinking um, when I was reading about this, like I've always thought I wanted to go, but I didn't realise that like, was when I was reading all these, you know, doing my notes and everything. I was like, yeah. fuck, I need to go over there and like go on to when they're doing. I'll, I'll get into it in a little bit, like about how that connection's still alive even today with mm-hmm. Wales. But um, yeah, it's definitely something I got to do. It, it looks like something from Red Dead Redemption too. It is absolutely stunning. Mm. The, the, the Chubut, me and you, we should go to the Chubut River, have a few cans, and then shoot each other in the head. <laughs> and be done with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, if sorry, only we can think of a distraction for Amy and Emma, just to we yeah, get away they from can get with each other. Yeah. <laughs> they can get together. Yeah. I mean, you can just shoot each other in the head and be done yeah, with it all. They get on, don't they? They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So where was it now? I can't remember where I was coming from. So yeah, um, yeah, they they named that town Trilau, which is. Lau's town, Lewis's town, in the man's honour. So the town grew rapidly. Uh, it became the headquarters of the Compagnia Mercantile de Chubut, or the Trilau Company. This is Trilau, yeah. Hmm. And it also produced uh, no less than three Welsh-language newspapers in its time, one of which, Dravod, or the discussion in English, that ran up until 1961. So that's a hell of a stint for a Welsh-language newspaper wow. in South America. <laughs> Um, now, while Lewis Jones was fighting for the railway construction in the Chubut Valley, an offshoot of Welsh settlers mounted another expedition to explore more of Patagonia, with an aim to find more land suitable for colonising. The governor of the Chubut province at the time, Luis Jorge Fontana, what a cool fucking name, by the way. Sounds yeah. like a fucking like Argentinian James Bond. Like, <laughs> name is Fontana. Luis Jorge <laughs> Fontana. Luis <laughs> Jorge. Jorge Fontana. Anyway, the governor, or Luis, uh, he accompanied the settlers, uh, which I like as well, where he went like, not just, ha- he could just said, yeah, go on, crack on, but he went, you know what, I'm going to come with you. So he accompanied the settlers on this expedition, and by November 1885, they found another strip of fertile land that they named Cum Hovred, or Pleasant Valley. Oh, that's nice. Uh, this was a site at the foot of the Andes Mountains, and it was said at the time that the Welsh felt very much at home beneath them, a, a big hill or mountain like that. By 1888, it was a fully operational Welsh settlement, leading to the creation of two towns, Esquel and Trevelin. Uh, I like the sort of dictomy there as well, sort of one very Spanish-sounding town right next to a very Welsh-sounding one. And is that what it's still called now? Yeah, 
Yeah, Trevelin That's and mad, Squirrel. Isn't it? But Trevelin, just worth noting though, that Trevelin is spelt with a V in this. Trevelin. Uh, in, in oh, this well, that makes sense because you, you pronounce yeah. V for. So people who don't speak yeah. Welsh, F F is in Welsh it's makes the, the sound, sound of a V. Welsh. So yeah. Trev so is we would, T E R E. You'd assume it was T R E F, wouldn't you? But in, in Patagonia, it's T R E V E L I N. But yeah, Trevelin is an incredibly Welsh sounding name. Um, then you fast forward a little bit, um, and after World War One, that essentially put a stopper to the Welsh immigration to Patagonia. But overall, it was estimated that around 2,300 people were said to have moved from Wales to Patagonia since the first crossing. So that doesn't seem like a lot, like 2,300, but I suppose if those I was towns say, it's actually quite a lot. are all full on yeah if, if those towns are all mm. just full on full of Welsh people speaking Welsh it's uh, easy and, to see how the culture could have survived through that yeah. generation and populations are massive now but you know mm. um, especially in South Wales at the time this is kind of well it's, it's around the coal industry but towns were tiny for ages you know like and you they, got to remember that these settlements were, were literally there was nothing there before these people yeah. got there so like that's quite uh, a lot yeah. And the only reason we have much bigger towns in Wales now is because there was a massive boom around this time where populations quadrupled. So that mm. is, I, I wasn't, I, I don't think that sounds a small number considering how small. No, it's, I think were, it's just when you think of populations versus today, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But well, it's, stop, because yeah, it's, it's history, big, okay? <laughs> yeah, we're not Fuck there now, sake. are we? <laughs> Piss me off. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough. So. Welsh was spoken in these settlements as well until relatively recently. But after 1941, there was a massive influx of people from Italy and other southern European countries. And as time went on, the Welsh language became a minority language even in these areas. But the Welsh marks of the land are still present today with windmills and chapels made in traditional Welsh style with lots of small towns, places and businesses bearing Welsh names. Every year, Trelew holds an Eisteddfod in October which uh, bear a lot of similarities to the Welsh version, but they also include lots of traditional Argentine dancing, folk tales, things like that. The whole event is spoken in both Argentine Spanish and Patagonian Welsh. There's also uh, mini Eisteddfod type events that happen annually in other Welsh settled towns, like the Eisteddfod del Juventud every September in Gaiman, as well as similar events in Trevelin and Puerto Madryn. There are three Welsh language schools in the Chubut province, if you can believe it. Ascola Hendre in Trelew, Ascola Gymnaiga Gaiman in Gaiman, and Ascola Cum in Trevelin, which I, that blew my mind. There's actually three Welsh language schools That's in class. South America. That's class. Um, today, there is an estimated 70,000 people in Patagonia that can trace their ancestry back to Wales. And of that 70,000, around 5,000 are said to be able to speak Welsh. That's so Patagonian cool. Welsh is slightly different from native Welsh, but apparently a Welsh speaker from Wales would have no issue at all talking to someone who spoke Patagonian Welsh. The only example I'll give, because I really liked it, um, is how they say going for a walk in Patagonian Welsh, which is versus Welsh. No, so in Welsh, it's Mindam Draw, as you know. In Patagonian yeah. Welsh, it's Mindy Basiendo. Oh, that's cool. Mindy, Mindy Basiendo. I like that. Um, they, uh, they also have their own version of the national anthem um, to represent Uladva, so the, the Welsh settlements, if you like, based off the original Maihin Uladvan Hade called Glad Newydd Cymru, which translated oh. to the new country of the Welsh, to the English. Um, I was just going to do the bit that you hear in the match, you know, like the you do the, the first verse and then the, uh, the kit gamble yeah. set, the, the chorus, is it? Um but I, I think I'll do the whole thing because the, the English is really good. Um, so I'll have to go through the Welsh now. Um, uh, this is the Patagonia, sorry, the Radva national anthem, not just Patagonia, it's just the Patagonian Welsh, basically. So it's, uh, In my Patagonia an anoli mi, glad now the Cymru mwyneith leon yw hi, an adli gwir rydw the gawn o lad, o gyrraedd gormesiaeth a brad. Glad, glad, pleid o'r lwyfi'n glad, and I'll do the other bits as well because they're good as well. Birkumri and Gorred Dan Dermig Adruch, Well Dilch 
caiff cymro byth mwyach ymostwng i sais, terfynodd ei orthwm distawyd ei lais. Y wladfa fawr yr gwyn trarandys wen fawr, a'i chorin yn ystafell y wawr. So the English version for the non-white speakers there, this will probably get a bit more uh, <laughs> um, understanding. Patagonia is dear to me, the new land of the noble Welsh people. True freedom we breathe in our new country, far from the reach of oppression and betrayal. And the chorus then is, um, land, land, I am faithful to my land. While the sun rises above the land, oh may the settlement continue. The Welsh have been lying broken in scorn, well thanks to the Vladva, from dust we are reborn. Our language of old we laud and esteem, while Camway flows, shining a stream. Let Welshmen submit to the English no more, their oppression is ended and silence their roar. Ulladva be praised while the great white Andes with its peak in the chamber of dawn. So it's pretty good. It's like very pretty you know, cool. nationalist yeah. and all that. This is a complete side note as well, by the way, and you tell me if, if this is too much, but um, have you uh, read the the actual Welsh national anthem, My Himlada Van Hadai's choruses, uh, not choruses, um, verses yeah, I think we've done that on an episode before. Uh, we did, but we never released them because they were the top ten episodes, oh. and we got too political, <laughs> so we had to <laughs> bin them. But I do. I, we will. I, we promise we will do our top five, bottom five of Wales. We had a top ten, bottom ten, and it, we it was too political, like you just said. So I reckon, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will do them, and we will cover the Welsh anthem because it's a fucking banger. But I reckon we say mm. that for another night. But right, so but it, it does it. cover the same gist. It, it they it, well, it's the same. Not the same gist. It does cover similar. They're the not too dissimilar. Same... Yeah. No, they yeah. and they're also meant to be sung in the exact same like tone and yeah. And the Welsh one all that, so. talks about surviving, and this is similar to mm. survival. It, it's, it's yeah. I, I would recommend uh, watching a Griff Rees uh, film called Separado. Mm. So Griff Rees is the lead singer from Super Furry Animals, one of the Welsh great bands. When it was called like Cool Cymru, which is an awful name, but it means like in like the nineties, there was loads of Welsh bands that were considered very cool, and the Super Furries were one of them. Um, and he's gone on to do some amazing work on his own, and he's you know, he's still a fantastic musician. But he's also a great filmmaker, and I've talked about mm. his stuff before, where he's he's done like um, he follows his great 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 grandfather's journey into North America to find a, a, a an ancient uh, Native American tribe who speak Welsh or who know Welsh speakers. Uh, so yeah, called Griffey's American Interior. Um, that's a really good one about America. But he did one called Separado. Uh, where he goes to Patagonia to try and find his long-lost Patagonian uncle, uh, who's a musician called René Griffiths, and he's this, like, Spanish singer who sings in Welsh, and Griffiths never met him, and he travels all the way across the world to find him, and the story's hilarious, it's really funny, um, but he goes down there, and he meets lots of people in Patagonia, and it's um, yeah, it's a really, really, really good documentary. It's it's not too long. You can find it on uh, quite a few like platforms and stuff. But um, hearing people speak Spanish in with a, speak, people speaking the Welsh with a Spanish accent, it's like Shamai, Vidi Dodor Van Hini, Charity T, Sitati Nade. It's like, what the fuck? It's wild, but it's really cool. So that's called Separado. Um, and I'd, yeah, I'd highly recommend you watching that. You can get it on Amazon for like three quid. Do it, do it, guys. But yeah, that's the very short version of how our pure, beautiful Welsh dragon bloodline beautiful continues Welsh. in uh, South America. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and yeah, so well, when you, so they, did, they didn't have actual blood like wars with locals. Do you, was there actual fights or what was the big right, all the I local? could find with the Patagonian stuff was they had a couple of little scraps when they first went over there, a bit of tension, but they soon learned to sort of just live. But when you say other. scraps you mean like scraps on a night out in Cardiff, not not scraps where you got your Yeah, no, no. I don't think uh, yeah, I don't think even mm. there was like deaths as such. It was just like yeah. a little bit of tension and like yeah. bit of handbags, you know. Yeah, and um, that's not me excusing going to someone else's country, but I always just thought no. Wales. Well, I don't think Wales ever invaded anywhere. <laughs> it's a yeah. You didn't want the uh, the dream to die, did you? You wanted to, be able to say that. <laughs> yeah. The bias of how much I love Wales. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, I loved that, mate. That was really interesting. That was a really good one. Oh, cheers! Oh, shucks. Yeah. Um, so. Get around our socials, um, Tales for Wales podcast. You can just find us on 
or then we'll, we'll probably start a TikTok if we can be fucking arse why should I don't know we don't care about that um, yeah if, it's, it's, if you want it then yeah just yeah. fucking say it get so on our drop socials a comment on our bloody on our Spotify yeah. fucking well I was going to do it to find <laughs> new followers more than anything because mm. um, I think most people follow us on Instagram we've got quite a decent mm. amount of you maniacs on there um yeah just keep getting in touch it's really fun when we speak to you and you guys have offered us like we, we had a really good thread on reddit the other day where offered us fucking a shit ton of new episode ideas um so we'll get yeah, on to that we'll, we'll add we them didn't have our didn't know uh, about our eye on so yeah, yeah that this, it's yeah. being fed into the machine guys don't worry yeah and if you drop us a message on uh insta say linkedin <laughs> <laughs> we don't yeah. on LinkedIn. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll have a really good. We've been, we'll we've been pouring tips. money into LinkedIn ads. We're not getting anything back. Uh, we love you a lot. We do love you sincerely, and you've always got a friend in us. Now, goodbye. Cheers, guys. Ta-ra, ta-ra, ta-ra.